welcome back episode number 55 of the New York Pages podcast partnership with Inside the Ring. I'm your host Jacob Berkowitz and I'm alongside my co-host Brett and Luca and today we got a lot to discuss the Lafayette scratch the Gamers Florida Rangers development and more but first just want to let you guys know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN plus to watch games and more and yeah let's get to it. And we are back. All right, Brett, Luca, we got a lot to discuss here. Lafayette scratched. Rangers won tonight against Florida. Had a good game. Uh, what do you guys think? What Happy freaking New Year. Yeah, oh, there you go. Boom. Just get it right out of the way right there. I mean, yeah, no, like I was um, – what's going on? I'm blanking right now. Yeah, no, I, I – <laughs> I, one thing I – Did I just thing, throw you off with saying Happy New Year? I it mean, was like very, everyone yes, said it to me the last two days. <laughs> No, I, I mean, um, listen, I'm happy for people that do it. I've just never understood the thing of, like, going in New York City, going to Times Square. I, I've just never been a fan of it. Uh, it's just not something. Look, I'll, I'll say this. I get it, like, doing it once. I get doing it once. I did it once when I was 20 or 21. I think it was 2010. Uh, so I was still under 21, maybe. I think I was 20. Uh, and... Me and my friends went to like not like two Times Square because I would never sit out or stand in the middle of the fucking winter, like just to see a freaking inanimate object fall and drop, uh, which is just so stupid to me. But uh, we just went to like a club, like in the city, and like even that was an absolute catastrophe. It was like it was just stupid. I just that was it. That was the last time I really went like spent a decent amount of money on new year's eve and it was the dumbest thing ever i was 20 years old and i had no money to begin with um so yeah i I agree it's a stupid holiday um i mean i bartended all weekend i bartended 30 hours all weekend and i'm freaking exhausted right now uh but yeah we have you bartending brett drove back to buffalo yeah Uh, (laughs) real real energetic podcast going on right now brett how far was your drive uh, it's about, it's about seven hours. So it's not, oh my gosh. it's not, it's not brutal, but it, you know, uh, it definitely takes a toll. And I was up early to, cause I wanted to make sure I would pack up and get on the road so I could get back for the Rangers game. Cause I didn't, I, I'd lose my mind if I was, if it was getting in like five 30 and I'm already missing stuff. I just, I can't, I hate the only time I miss Rangers games is when I have something I absolutely can't move. And that's usually when my band has a show. That's like the only time I don't watch live. Otherwise, I hate it. Because somebody always messages me. If I don't watch a game live, someone's like, oh, wow, what a sick laughing goal. Man, I can't believe David Quinn beat us. And I'm like, oh, I guess I know he lost to the Sharks. That happened at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's less than ideal. So but I want to speak about Lafield. I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to get into that. But first, just be, before that, I just wanted to, you know, talk about tonight. Um, what do you guys think about the Rangers plan? Because personally, that top line was amazing. But everything else, I, I know Panarin scored. Uh, but I don't know. The other lines kind of were underwhelming. I think the Panarin goal was, I mean, like I even like, look. I love seeing Panarin score. I love Panarin. He's one of my favorite hockey players in the entire NHL right now. Um, Not just on the Rangers. But I just find it, like, so infuriating when he does the, like, Patrick Mahomes blind pass across the center of, like, the offensive zone backhand all the time. Like, and it's like, I get, like, it works a it works a decent amount of time for how, how like hard and difficult of a play it is, but like 
when you have the puck in the offensive zone, I would like more. I don't. I don't want to say conservative because I, that's not the way to get the most out of a talented like. He's an improviser. You know what I mean? Like he's like Robin fucking Williams when it comes to improv. You know what I mean? Like he's just super talented. Give him the puck. He's just going to freaking, you know, riff and kind of do shit. And that's kind of what makes him so great. Um, And I love it. But the problem is when you have shit like that is he definitely turns the puck over a lot. And like the pass that he did, like it was the pass that he made wasn't a very – high percentage pass. It wasn't a very good pass. It just happened to bounce back to him and he got the puck and shot it. You know what I mean? So like I know he's scored was uh, I mean not Panarin. Florida Panthers were hot garbage uh yeah. regarding trying to defend the Rangers coming in the zone. I uh, that was uh, hot, bad. just newsflash the Florida Panthers are hot garbage the entire year. Right. But I mean even when we played Arizona, at least they brought a fight when getting into Yeah that that was that was before they got, you know, Stella got her brood back, you know. Um, you know, before like the Rangers really got moving. Uh, before this, like eight out of two, or you know, eight out of ten game winning streak. Um, I don't know. I I think that 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 has more to do with it. Uh, like the team actually started playing together a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I I agree. I I did I did you know I don't know. I'll I'll pass it off to Brett. What do you think? Uh, well, when you're talking about parent, it just reminded me of the best comment I think I've seen on Rangers Reddit, uh, which was that Panarin is the kind of guy that always tries for that jump on Rainbow Road and Mar- Mario Kart. He's always yeah. going to try that shortcut every single time, and he doesn't care if it ends up, you know, getting a turnover, you know, turnover, or, you know, he doesn't make the pass. You know, <laughs> that's that's fine, but he's going to go for it every damn time. He's going to make that blind pass because when he does you know, it, it's going to be in and it's going to be great. And that's, uh, and that's his strategy. I was like, boy, that is the most accurate thing. Yeah. And he does that. And sometimes it is really frustrating because you just want him to play at a high level without that high level, including really high risk passes that can go back the other way. Um, as ideally, as- ideally you'd like him to like limit those like high danger passes by like 20%. You know what I mean? Just you a little him, bit. Not you all. want yeah. him to move more. You want him to move more. Like in the beginning of the season, he was moving all over the place. So instead of all um, the defense uh, saying, okay, you know, we know Panarin's going to pass it, right? We'll just wait by the other players and he's not going to shoot it. But in the beginning of the season, Panarin was moving all over the place. So the defense is like, okay, what the hell are we going to do here? And you start Panarin getting more points. Now, obviously, you know, Panarin, like he's still getting the points. Like that's how good he is. He's still getting the points, even though he's not playing that great. Um, but yeah, no, like whatever. He still has forty-two points in thirty-eight games. Like you right, know what exactly. I mean? Like, like and, we're and we're not going to say over a point per game. Right, exactly. Like at the same time, we can't say he's been playing his best. Yeah, and at the same time, he's <laughs> over a point per game. But it's just like every single time he's the hottest, it's when he just keeps on moving, uh, and then it, it's harder for the defense to guess what he's doing. But if he's just going to stop right when he gets to that blue line. And then waits for everyone to get into the zone, and then he has that you know that rainbow road backhand pass. Ever they're gonna predict that every single time, right? Like, I I, I mean that's just personally uh, what I think. I don't know you, you guys like what what do you else do you think you could do? Uh, I, I'll confess as far as this game, I had a terrible feed, uh, terrible stream that was doing this fun thing where about every minute it would jump forward about five seconds. So there was a lot of plays where, you know, we had possession all of a sudden it's in the other zone. I'm like, well, I wonder who gave that one away. I wonder what happened there. And I, and I don't know. So my analysis of this game would be pretty, pretty weak overall. Uh, 
And I, and I think it honestly was masking a lot of the mistakes because overall I was like, damn, I really liked how everyone was looking tonight. Everything was, was you know, we were generating a lot of chances overall. Um, I, I, you know, I like the look of the lines. I feel like we're getting close to something. Um, Love the first line. First, first line's great. I, you know, I, I actually, I think the second line, I think it just need more time. The third line just shouldn't have VC on it. Um, I, I, I really think Gauthier has done enough to to warrant checking him out in on the third line. With I thought Gauthier, Gauthier was up on that line for the Tampa, Tampa game. game. They had the Kraftsoft, Hedl, yeah. and Gauthier, and they played amazing. Yeah. I, I thought they played really well. Like, I don't want to sidetrack here, but, like, with Gallant's thought process, it was like, okay, I want to give us the best lines to win. You know, that was his claim, you know, scratch Laffy, get him, you know – Kick him in I the don't pants. Know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Sorry, go. Yeah, Sorry. no, no. I, I just want to say, like, his whole logic is, like, if the lines look good, he's not going to change them even for the kids, right? But, like, that line looked good, and he's changing it, like, to another line for the Florida game that didn't look great. Like, I, I don't remember the other line. The other line, hold on. I'll look at it. Said. They played uh, versus Washington, and they were terrible. So, go on, changed it. And then, all of a sudden, they've been playing – they play great versus Tampa, and then now you switch it back. So I, I just I did not get that at all. I mean, that's just one of the, the thing that the thing that annoys me about his line changing. It's very reactionary Monday morning quarterback where yeah. it's it's like, oh, well, we lost. So things can't have been working. And then it, he, he's very hard to get a read on because he's steadfast in certain ideologies and he's steadfast in certain um, principles. But yet he's like a uh, fucking wet noodle when it comes to lines. It's unbelievable. It was Lafayette, uh, Hedl, and VC, by the way, who I was referring to, that were not yeah. great versus Washington. Um, yeah. And I honestly, like, I, I do love the idea of popping um, Gautier up. I, I think Gautier should live uh, on the third or fourth line. That that That's his bread and butter. You know what I mean? I think he's carved out a niche. I think he's really started to think uh, – not sorry, Lafayette, as, as I uh, meant Gautier – um, should live on the third and fourth line. I think he really carved out a niche um, on those two lines in particular. But the really cool part about Heedle, Gautier, and uh, was it who? Sorry, I'm blanking on the other one right now. Krasov. The really cool part of that line in general is just fucking speed. They're just speed. How about they're, they're all, walking? They're all in. really good skater, skaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that is, if you guys are are kind of done with talking about this, I I think that's going to be my my segue into the Lofton uh, skating. Um, because I I honestly, I mean, I, could we could we talk about that now? Because that that's kind of the biggest news of the week, I'd say, right? I mean, yeah. Um, um look. It, I I think people I I really liked what uh, I mean and jo- Johnny Lazarus was was on this podcast once right you you he had was on twice yeah he was on yeah, yeah. Uh, September and I think during the playoffs I'm not sure yeah so I I really liked what he had to say about uh, laugh and the benching I I actually really um I I think I retweeted it I don't really like, I don't tweet a lot um but I went on I saw what he said and I, I kind of retweeted it. I just really liked what he said um what did you he know, say. Basically, I'm going to paraphrase it right now, just because I really want to, like, you know, look it up. Um, But he was basically saying, like, you know, he's a young player. It's not the end of the fucking world. Uh, You know, the coach is is benching him, light a fire under his ass. He did it last year. Um, And it kind of, 
propelled him for the rest of the year and got him to probably play his best hockey of his career at that point. You know, and I think he's probably trying to do the same, same thing. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I get the, I get the fan base's like knee jerk reaction. You're just fucking just go insane. I get it. Um, I'm going to err on the side of what, what kind of, what, uh, Johnny had kind of talked about that because that's just kind of the way I feel about it too. I, I do think that, um, and even last year when he was benched in that game, I remember distinctly because I was very pissed off about it. And then he came back the next game, had a goal. And then he kind of played pretty damn good the rest of the way and, and had a pretty solid playoff, um, contributed throughout the playoffs very consistently. Um, and, you know, that was that. I think the, the most frustrating fucking thing right now is that, and this could, this could be a hot take. People can get pissed off me for this. I don't really care. If the Rangers, and look, the Rangers fired the people who drafted Loff and Kako. They fired them. They're gone. So it's not necessarily like, I don't necessarily believe that those departments that were in place were very good at drafting the best players available. Well, to let's be just fair, call it, on. it was, uh, yeah. Let's just call it what it is. If the Rangers drafted Tim Stutzla instead of Loff, and if they drafted Trevor Zegras instead of Kako, the Rangers might win the fucking cup last year. To be fair, everyone yeah. had Kako at second, and everyone had Lafreniere at one. Like you yeah, no, 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 no. I agree. Also, also, and I will say this too. It was the COVID year, so there was less scouting done on all these players. So it's like it's not like you could really say, like, oh yeah, let's go with the German kid. We've done less scouting on already. So I'm not even saying that they should have. I'm just saying, like, if that was the case, like if you had players that were able to step in and play at a higher level right now, that would take them to the next level. And also, that is the most frustrating part of it because you want that from the one pick, you want that from the number two pick. Um, I think that that is the most frustrating thing and the fans want it more than anything. And Lafreniere is not ready to give that to us. He isn't. Well, also, and, and yeah. I guess, I guess that's, that's kind of why I guess I disagree with the, your overall sense of that is that there's two reasons. One, I don't think Gallant has earned, at least in my eyes, he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's doing with these lines and knows what he's doing with these kids and these players. I, I, I just, I don't believe that to me, he's, he's, he's throwing darts at a board and seeing what happens. And he's so real. Like we just said, he's so reactionary that no one can get a groove. Even the players themselves have been quoted off record as saying it's really tough when your line mates are changing all the time. Um, and he can't just let something ride out for even even just two goddamn games in a row. He cannot let it happen. I so know. I, he, he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt to say that, like, oh, he knows what he's doing to light a fire. I mean, that could be the case, but I, I don't I, I don't buy it. OK, uh, the, the, the second thing is that I don't see Laffy's problem as being a lack of effort. If I saw him out there not giving it his all and being really lazy and, and whatnot, then I could understand benching him to say like, hey, we need we need more out of you. And we do true. need more out of him. And he's not producing enough. That is all true. But I don't necessarily think that benching is – it was just like when Hedl got sent down to AHL and then he came back and he played well. Everyone was like, oh, my God, what a genius move. He obviously did so great in the AHL and that was exactly the thing he needed and whatnot. And maybe that's true. 
But it's also like, but you don't fucking know. If he would have just stayed in the NHL, he might have worked through it himself and and got through it without having to do it sitting in the NHL. People often, when you don't have the option of seeing how both you know options would have played out, people often assume whatever happened is just what had to happen. It's like, no, something else could have happened too. So there's no way to really know that. Um, the segue that I'd like to loop back to with, with, with Laffy, I think is the whole thing with his development is it, it's his skating. Um, yeah. That's I, I agree. Completely. That was the one thing uh, scouts were concerned about regarding his. Now, it was that I, and, and identifying what he is. Like also another thing, uh, scouts like is he a playmaker? Is he a guy that crashes? Like who is he? Like you know, I think that identity was also a problem for him. My major concern is that like you know, yeah, the Rangers had the one and two picks in back to back years, yet both the guys they selected are not. They don't excel at skating. That's alarming. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, in, 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 in today's... Well, NHL, Jason Robertson isn't a great skater. Like, there are good players that aren't good skaters. But, but like, the thing is, like, if you have one overall, first overall pick, it's like, okay, fine. I guess, you know, the player doesn't work out. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. But if you have a first overall pick, a second overall pick, a ninth overall pick, a seventh overall pick, all of them didn't work out. It's a pattern. It shows that the Rangers development... I, I mean... Is it? Is it? Is no, no, no. But this, this is the key question, and I don't know what the answer is. Okay, is it their development or is it their selection of talent? Oh, both. I think it's both. Both. I, I think, think it's, it's both. I, I think it's absolutely. I, it's both. I mean, because the one person we're leaving off this list because we've already forgotten about him is Leah Anderson. Same exact. He's, no, he's same exact thing. Call. Oh, okay. Say it's the same exact situation with him. It was like, oh yeah, he has these upsides. Also, yeah, he's not. He's not a great. You, he's not a great skater. If you and, drafted Velarde instead of Leah Sanderson, also to the thing, the, but the, this this is the fucking funny thing about Leah Sanderson was he was the guy who was most NHL ready. The no, guy still can't fucking play in the NHL five years. He was later. a reach. He was he was a reach. No, but, but I'm saying that was the also. thing on him. He was the most NHL ready player. Like he he could step in. He was you know what I mean. Like that what was mean, like Quinn put thing. him on the fourth line the whole time. How many times was he even close to top six minutes? Like that's no, the but, thing. Aside, aside from whatever David Quinn did with him, okay, whatever whatever we want to say about David Quinn, he can't even touch the ice in fucking L.A., okay? Oh, no, that's that's true. But I'm saying is like when you have so many draft picks that don't do well, you have to look at the development department. I mean, it's, it's a joke because before Chris Kreider, I think the last person to score 60 points with the New York Rangers, who the Rangers drafted, I think was in the 1990s. I think that's I think that's drafting and selecting talent more than anything because these the the people hold on hold on the Rangers so this is the thing and the, look I mean I'm this is my opinion dude like I it is what it is I think that the people that they got rid of uh, they they kind of overhauled with Drury the entire scouting department right um, yeah. when when Gordon and Davidson left they got rid of Gordy Clark and, and a lot of other people um, now time's only going to tell. Uh, what the actual, you know, cause and effect is going to be. Um, Brendan Offman looks pretty good so far. That was his first first round pick. You know what I mean? Um, I honestly, this is this this might sound crazy, but you know, we talked about it last week, Brett, and you 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 kind of mentioned that you want to keep the, these first round picks the next few years. I kind of would love to keep them as well because I really want to see what Drury and this new scouting department have in store i want to see what their philosophy is i want to see what their eye for talent is not just like trading away first round picks and drafting second third fourth round picks the the, the red wings 
drafted how many players in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round? You know what I mean? Like the the Dotsuks, Cronwall, all those guys. Like those guys were late round picks. Um, you know, it's scouting talent is a it's it's that scouting talent is a fucking talent. Look at the Dallas Stars, okay. The Dallas Stars, I believe it was 2017. Someone can correct me. Uh, the year they drafted Heskinen, right? Yeah. They drafted Heskinen, Jason Robertson, uh, and the goalie. Uh, uh, what is it? Ottinger. 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 All in consecutive picks. Yeah. That's, that, that's, is, um, that, that is good fucking scouting right there. That and then you have the Boston scout. Bruins in 2014. That guy was a scout for the fucking – he was the head scout or one of the scouts for the Detroit Red, Wing, Red Wings for years that was in uh, – not, not, I don't know if he was in charge because he probably wasn't at that point of his career, but he was a key component of scouting through for the Redskins, the Redskins, sorry, uh, the Red Wings, um, in the midst of their like, I don't know if you want to call it a dynasty, but their entire, you know, their latest cup runs, so to speak. Um, so I think that, you know, we could talk about you know, development or anything like that, but I think that the actual selection is, is is as important you know i don't know i mean it's probably both it probably lies somewhere where brett was talking about in between you know what i mean i don't think one's more right than the other it's somewhere in between right i mean like yeah no yeah like i i understand like that it's just like when you have like it's one thing if like they reach at second overall pick like like things like that yeah. then i would say okay maybe you know uh they just they just suck at picking and then it's just like though it though if those are universal picks, right, that went first and second overall, it's, again, there are players in the NHL, although I, I get what you're saying with the skating, it is a frustrating thing to see that they're not good at skating, and that definitely has to do, uh, has to do with why they're not playing so great. And Although, ever since Cavalcaco had that trainer, I don't, I don't know, I don't remember who they were. Look, and I, I don't mean to shit on these guys. Like, I actually no, 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 like I, I get the way the been playing this year. He just had a fucking great game tonight. That's not what I would want to get into, but I'm just kind of throwing it out some ideas I've been thinking about since the Lothian bench. I'm sorry. I just need to. No, like, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. The skating, the skating isn't great. So there, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem creating space. I mean, with Cabo Caco, it, it helps that though. Like, even though his skating isn't great, his puck possession is insane because the way he positions yeah. his body relative to the puck and the defenseman. So like that helps a lot, even though he's not great at skating, but yeah, a lot of he has got to get better at skating. There's no question about that because he, he can't create space between him and the defenseman if there's just nothing there he, mm -hmm. he's just getting stitched every single time so like yeah like for me if they were reach picks uh i would 100 agree although i i understand what you're saying it's just like since they were universal picks right it's it's i i don't know i i just feel like there's just such a massive pattern with this organization on just not developing players with, you know with I I I completely understand. And I agree with you when it comes to Laffy and Kako. Makes perfect sense. Those were the consensus picks, and for sure, go, going off board. And you can always play the look at the draft later on and find the guy. Oh, yeah. thing. Now that doesn't excuse everything. And I think what is more egregious and what speaks to the point that Luca is making here is the 2017 draft where we reached on Leah Anderson. Now, of course, you can go through that draft and you can pick out a lot of people picked after him and go, man, wouldn't it be nice to have him. The one that I would have picked is Nick Suzuki. And you go, well, all right. You always have the benefit of hindsight, blah, 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 you know, you know, but you look at the stats and you go to his OHL stats and Nick Suzuki is putting up 
45 points in 30 games, 100 points in 64 games, 96 points in 65 games when he was uh, must have been. I think 16, Elias Anderson has 16 eight points. He had eight. eight. Uh, let's eight see. Points. I in think his, he had eight his, points in 42 games. In his S in his SHL year, uh, right before he got drafted, yeah, uh, 19 in 42 games. So it's like you can't tell me that that's just you know looking back in hindsight. There's a guy who is putting up amazing numbers and has his entire life and who just looks at it. I mean, that's what I don't understand about sometimes with these draft picks. It's almost like, you remember that scene at the beginning of Moneyball where the scouts are talking about the players that they like? You're like, oh, he's got a good swing. and makes yeah, it, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. It, you know, when it hits a bad itch, he's it got, pops. He's got an ugly girlfriend. He's got an, yeah, he's got an ugly girlfriend. His no, confidence at all times. doesn't low, have confidence. You know? Yeah, he's got, a, he's got a bad body, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I feel like he's I... weed. I am so sure that that same shit is happening in NHL drafts and NHL scouts. I'm 100%. sure they're doing the same thing because I don't understand. The, the first moment I saw Nick Suzuki play, I was like, that kid's got it. Even when he wasn't producing, when he first came in, because he was strong, he struggled for a little bit in the NHL. But you could still see the flash and you saw what was going to happen to him. Um, I don't understand how any scout who it's their job to watch these guys saw that, looked at the stats and went, you know what we need? We need this fucking guy called Leas Anderson who no one has in the top 10, who can't fucking skate and hasn't put up any fucking points. And that is, to me, is when that whole scouting should have been overhauled because it was apparent right then that they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. Laffy and Kako, they'll be whatever they'll be. And that is basically luck of the draw sort of situation because they were supposed to be can't miss home runs. And whether or I, not they turn out to be, there was know. a point where Capo Capo people were arguing he would be better than Jack Hughes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I, but this this is also like an interesting thing. It's like you know, it's it's one of those weird situations where, yeah, you win the lottery, but did you really win the fucking lottery? Like, like, do you guys remember uh, the name Greg O? I don't know if you guys are basketball fans at all. I'm not a basketball fan, but I no, remember I the name Greg Oden because I was in high school I and I just another. followed sports so much. Yeah, no, okay. That makes sense. Fair enough. Um, but the Portland Trailblazers in 2007 won the NBA draft lottery, okay? They drafted Greg Oden number one overall. Greg Oden was a seven-foot center from Ohio State. He sucked in the NBA. He just kept getting hurt. Knee, knee issues, all this other stuff, shit. Who was drafted second overall? You guys know? No idea. Kevin Durant. He's still fucking playing. <laughs> okay. Michael Jordan wasn't drafted first overall. He was drafted third overall, I believe. Yeah, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was third. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's well, speaking like, to it's, that. It's, speaking it's, to it's, that. It's just, um, it's just those things of like, yeah, the general consensus isn't always fucking right. And like, and I, I it's it sucks to say, but like, you know. And I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things that you, I don't know. I've just been thinking about a lot like lately. Um, when you look at fucking Trevor Zegers on the cover of NHL, uh, the new the new NHL game, and he's fucking just scoring highlight goals every fucking uh, game. He grew up a Ranger fan. He grew up in Bedford, right from around the corner from a lot of us. Um, it's just it's just one of those things that I'm just like I'm like wow. Like wait, Zegers was the really left fucking good, draft, right? Zegers was the left Lafreniere draft, right? He was the Kako draft. Okay, so there was reports that the Rangers, if they weren't, if they wouldn't have moved down, uh, they wouldn't have won the lottery. I think they were very interested in Dylan Cousins, who's also like has 30 points in like, I don't know, 35 games or something like that. Is, is Cousins in, in Buffalo? Buffalo, yeah. 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 And, now he, and, he's, he's, and you know what? I'll say this about Cousins. One, he's a nasty motherfucker. 
he the few times the Rangers have played him, he is a piece of shit on the ice, and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> like, no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, he, I know he, what you mean. Yeah, he, he, he like, you know, he's he, he a fucking bulldog out there, and I love it. It's awesome to see. Um, but also that being said, he's also super fucking talented, and you can see that the second he steps on the ice. Um, he has. I, I'm 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 a big fan of Dylan, Dylan Cubs. He has Sorry, 34 points. He's point per game. He has 34 yeah. points in 34 uh, games played. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo is the number one scoring team in the league or something like that shit, right? Or did I just make that fucking up? I don't know. That top line. I, I, I have no idea. I might have just right. made that No, up. no, but I'm saying that top line is just. He was he was the Kako draft, by the way. I just want to correct that real quick. Mm-hmm. No, we, we did. We said that. Oh, we did? I thought you said it was a lack of draft. Okay, no, 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 we moved with the Kako, yeah. Okay, all right, all right sorry. Yeah, I don't no, know. So this, like... is, this is a long-winded way of saying who the fuck knows. no like regarding like i I know we don't watch uh but i don't i mean i personally don't watch buffalo enough to get a full reading on dallin but it was like the whole argument regarding i i know i'm going off topic here for a sec there was like a norris conversation last week like who's gonna be eric carlson rasmus dalian and i i forget the third for a second i'm like what the hell is eric carlson doing on the list it just shows the the stupidity of the league it's like people believe okay if he's big, that means he's good at defense. It's like the same thing. No, like- no, no. It's to me. It's if when when that then when when his name is brought up this early, it doesn't really bother me that much because I know that this this is the one thing I do know, especially now that like analytics are such a big thing in the NHL. I don't even worry about anyone who talks about Norris because I know that Fox is going to be mentioned in it this year and like for the next you know however long he's healthy. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. It does I, I'm actually so calm about that. Uh, right, but like, it, why is he even in the? Like, I get he's having an insane offensive, you know. Because uh, he, he he's he's he he's a marquee he, he he's a marquee name and he's a right, hundred percent. Like that's the thing. Like I, I don't remember which year it was when Hedman was in the conversation. People were like, he had no business being there. Like you know, it's just because the name and where they were drafted. And yeah, and but, it's you, just but like, that's in that is Berkey. That's in every sport. Oh, a hundred percent. That's fair enough. It do- doesn't mean it's right. I'm just, I'm just pointing. Yeah, out. no, I'm, I'm just saying, saying. Like, it's just, it, it, it's not like it's like a. No, I, I'm not yeah, saying it's it, only it, the NHL. A hundred percent. I, un- I understand what they're thinking. It's just like you know, it's just, it's, it's a dumb concept because like this year it should probably be either Adam Fox or Rasmus Dalin. And I, I don't know. I've spoken to someone that I'm asking him because I don't watch Dalin enough, so I'm like, I, I can't yeah. evaluate. It's not fair. So they're like, they're, uh, they're like, I, I wonder, you know, because Buffalo's, you know. A little, has a little a lot more freedom offensively just because you know they don't have pressure they're they're not you know they don't have enough structure that allows Dalene to make those more riskier plays that you know Adam Fox wouldn't be allowed to do if that if that makes any sense so yeah. like the I thing, don't know yeah the thing that's so interesting about hockey is that like it's so different than football and other sport or it's so different than football really okay it's very similar to basketball and baseball uh in one sense not a lot but one sense but it's so different than football in the sense that, like, yeah, it's like if you follow the NFL and if you follow the NHL, uh, at the end of the season, there's going to be, like, three or four MVP candidates in the NFL. And for the most part, you don't even have to really be a fan of that particular team. But you can know, like, yeah, you know what? Like, so, so, and so are in the hunt. And it makes sense. I've seen three or four or five of their games. You know what I mean? And you're not even have to be a fan of that team, like, particularly. But in the NHL, like, you actually really have to go out of your way to uh, to watch other games and other teams that aren't part of your 
um, like actual home fan base. Uh, so like when people say like, you know, it's, it's like, I feel like NHL fans are so territorial. It's just like, you know, it's like the Shesty versus uh, Vassy, uh, you know, argument. It's, 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 it's Hedman versus Fox. It's Fox versus McCarr. It's Fox versus, you know, any other defenseman in the league from Norris. Um, it's, you know, Yossi versus McCarr last year. Um, but in the NHL, in the NFL, it's like you see all those players so much more. The way I kind of look at it now, and I don't even know, the way I look at like the way that people talk about Chesty and, and Vassy and all these other, you know, unbelievable goalies. The Rangers have had in my lifetime, okay, I was born in 1980-1989. The Rangers have had Richter. They had a few years of Dan Coutier. He ended up fucking up his shoulder. And then a few, you know, middling years. Then we landed on Lundqvist, hit the fucking lottery. Then we landed on Chesty, hit the lottery again, okay? In my lifetime, they have three fucking jerseys that are going to the rafters that are sitting between the pipes. I don't give a fuck who other people think is the best goalie in the world. I don't really give a shit. It's one of those things that, like, it's just, like, you think about it from that standpoint of, like, the Flyers haven't been able to get a goalie in my entire lifetime. The time that I came out of my mother's womb and I started breathing, the Flyers have not had a like, legitimate starting fucking goalie in the NHL. Um, it's... It's one of those things that it's, it's very interesting when you think about other sports and the way that you're able to like watch other games a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I mean, also they, I've been having. I mean, our argument, you know, that we were arguing regarding the Rangers drafting and all that. Their uh, drafting defenseman has been good. The drafting yeah. goalies has been good. It's just the forwards. First of all, it's high end, high end scoring talent. Is right, what exactly. They if Ben Waller tells me this goalie's good. I don't. I don't yep. need to see him. I. I don't need to see the goalie. I know he's already good. Like, and I, he. 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 And he, you know what? He has missed on a few of them. Like, they're the Rangers. They have Dylan Garan now in Hartford. Look pretty good. Yeah, but they drafted that second round goalie. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, and you know what though? You're not going to hit every ben, time. But Benoit Allaire has given the Rangers and the Rangers fans, like he's kind of like Mariano Rivera in a way. Like he's given like every Ranger fan Ritalin almost just to calm down and take a deep breath. Because on the power play or on the penalty kill, you have one of those 30 or 31 in the net protecting everything. You know what I mean? Protecting right. all the fuck-ups that are going on. Um, so he's kind of like Mariano in a way. Because like as a Yankee fan, you, you, Mariano would come and you're like, all right, we're good. We're okay. It's, it's over, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, they drafted Schneider, who's, you know, been playing pretty good. They, you know, they didn't draft him, but they developed Lindgren well. Anna Fox came in right away. Um, I'm probably missing a few. Niels Huck was just a great draft pick, you know. We just didn't have food for him more. Just depending look, on everyone. Him. Everyone shits on Stahl and uh, and what's his name, uh, Girardi. Girardi. But like Stahl, Girardi, McDonough, like those guys were like legit mainstays for so long because they were so fucking good and so defensive, uh, like the defensive stalwarts. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, the way they played. Their body breaks down quicker. Like one hundred percent. But the so issue, the, the issue stops. wasn't the player. The issue was the fact that the organization gave him at age like thirty and age thirty one. They chose insane, him over Strawman. insane contracts. They chose him over Strawman that year, uh, Jordan. Yeah, like that. That was a, a massive mess up because, yeah. like, that's why I wonder. Like, I, I, I'm going to tread lightly here because last time someone said something on Twitter that maybe Lindgren is not here for a long time. Uh, that guy yeah. got. Destroyed. So um you got no, but this, this, 
You gotta wonder one, about Lingard. One thing that I always sorry, sorry, go, go, go. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to mention that like it's the same thing regarding Lingard, right? Like he plays that type of style. He blocks a lot of shots, he hits a lot, like that type of thing breaks down someone really quick. Granted, he's on the younger side, but I'm like, he, that catches up to a person. So you gotta wonder in the future, you know. So well, that, I mean, they, they have the benefit that these guys are not in the entire team is not playing under John Tortorella, who wants a guy to block a shot more than he wants anyone to score a goal. I've never seen somebody who has a fe- – I mean, his fetish, he goes home and he jerks off to people just blocking <laughs> shots. That's, so, all he, that's all he cares about. But, yeah, they break down the bodies of these people. And, yeah, it's, it's a – I often wonder, I'm like, especially in certain games, I, I, I'm like – stop blocking shots. If the game's already out of hand or whatever, I'm like, there's no need to lose somebody for six weeks to a broken ankle to stop one shot. Didn't Lingard get hurt in like the last game of the season last year? He was so, so he was so banged up the yeah. last year. That's I mean, sometimes um, I, I really wonder if someone did a real like a risk analysis, you know, cost benefit analysis of, of blocking shots uh, and how important, I mean, obviously it's important to block shots. I'm not trying to say that that'd be an unbelievably hot take. Just the length to which you go to do that sometimes, and in game situations, I'm like, you know, I remember saw Fox try to bat a puck, like stop a puck with his hand one time, and I was like, "What are you doing, you idiot? No, don't do that. We can't lose it's, it's, it's your equivalent... broken for for six weeks." It's the equivalent of like a major league pitcher catching a ground ball, like you know what I mean, with his hand. It's right. you know, that's that is literally your hardware. That's your tool. Um, uh. Ah oh, shit! There's so many things that were I like. I wanted to riff. Yeah, off no, of we, we've been all over the place today. I've, yeah. yeah, it's been a fucking catastrophe right now. <laughs> um, ah oh, shit! It'll it'll come to me. I should have fucking wrote it down. I'm an asshole. We, we were talking about the uh, the draft regarding the defenseman drafting well, goalies drafting well, Benoit Lair, and uh... oh, the thing with Lindgren and like anyone who wants to like like jump on anyone for saying like Lindgren might not be here for a long time. Like one. Take your fandom out of it for a second and just realize the actual, like, what happens to a team, like, the actual structure and building of a team. Yeah, everyone loves Lindgren. I love Lindgren. He's Fox's roommate. Obviously, they don't want to fucking get rid of him. But he's the glue of the defense. Yeah, but you also look at it from a standpoint of, like, you know, I think it's Branch Dickey was a manager in the for. I don't know what, what fucking baseball team it was in like the 19, I think it was the Brooklyn Dodgers in like the fifties before they moved to LA where he said, it's, it's better. It's always better to get rid of a player a year or two early as opposed to a year or two late. Cause then you can't get fucking rid of them. Um, and the one thing I always say is not look, I'm a Yankee fan, but Theo Epstein, the way he went into Boston in 2004 and with zero fucking uh, sentimentality, traded away Nomar Garcia Pera. And you know what? You know what happened? The Red Sox fucking won the World Series. They ended their fucking curse. You know what I mean? Like, how many Red Sox fans going into that season would have been like, yeah, 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 trade Noma, trade fucking Noma, and then we're going to fucking win? No. It's, you have to be able to like cut off the fandom at a certain point and try and think of what is best for the projection of a team forward. That, um, that, that, that's why, and, and this is like the hottest take that I think I've seen anyone try to fight for. And I agree hundred percent. This is why Panarin has to go. And everyone hates everyone that says that, but I'm sorry. I mean, I love the guy. I love him and I'd love to watch him play in the Rangers for the rest of my life. And he's incredible, but You're talking about he, like two years now, right? No, no, no. I mean like now, I mean, actually now. 
I mean, actually, no. Uh, he's not going to get any better. Okay. This is, this is his peak form. He's not, I mean, he's, what is he? 30, 31 now, 31 now, I think athletes, athletes, especially hockey players don't get better at that age. Um, we can't actually afford his contract long-term. Um, we can get an absolute haul for him right now. Problem is it's not going to happen. And he's probably not willing to move, move, uh, wave his, his NMC to make this happen. But that's exactly what, that's what exactly what you're talking about is trading on a player a year or two early. Cause yes, we can still get great production out of him for, for several years. I'm sure of it, but we can this get is a, This is year four of his seven year contract. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think he has three years left after this. And then Kreider has I two. Four, two. Kreider doesn't have two more. He has two more until he has his no no move becomes modified. Oh, oh, that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Until well, speaking of that, speaking of that, like I, I had this in like a year ago, two years ago. Like everyone was saying, don't move, you know, left and right to the right side. You know, he's not gonna. I'm like, now that was the time to do it because you have Panarin and Kreider locked in. He's not going anywhere anyway on the left side. You're not always gonna put him on third line. So that was the time to do it. Like, I don't know. I I guess we could transition on to this later regarding like what would your ideal lineup be? But like put him on the line, maybe. Bump down Kraftsoff. I, I don't know. Like Lefrenier, like you gotta give him a you gotta give him a position to succeed. And I get people are just saying maybe he's not comfortable on the right side. Well, he's gotta get used to it because there's no room for him for the next couple of years anyway. You know? You know what? You know what? Fuck Lafreniere getting comfortable on the left side or the right side. I'm sorry. You mean Panarin and, no, 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 no. Panarin and Kreider are the veterans. Panarin, Panarin and Kreider are all-stars. And I'm sorry. Like if 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 they want to win a cup, they they should know that Lafreniere is one of the keys to get it done. And if that means for one of them to go to the right side, they should just fucking move to the right side. I'm sorry. Like call me a fucking absolute donkey. I don't give a shit. But they tried like, Kreider on the right side. I don't think it ended well. Okay, they tried for like a game and a half. Right, they right, tried right, for right, like right, a fucking right, shit. Right, right. Like you can't sit there and tell me like. <laughs> Like, but you get my point. Like, they're the no, fucking leaders of the team. They have the letters on their sweaters for a fucking reason. You, you know what I mean? Like, you're asking a fucking 18, 19, 20-year-old to come in as a first first overall pick to New York. So much pressure already, and then he's going to change position. Why not have the guys who were fucking, like, established stars move to the right or left side? You know what I mean? And, like, let's yeah. face it. but They move all over the fucking ice in, in a power play. It's like it's positionless hockey anyway. What, what what does Kreider do so special on that side? Like Panarin, I can understand a bit more because mm-hmm. of like how he how he works as a playmaker. Right, but Kreider's production is, is on the is, power play, not five yeah, five. Yeah, what what is Kreider doing? Even strength where he has to be glued to that side. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, yeah, makes like, no sense at all. Like with Panarin, I get I agree. Like agree with right. Like Panarin, I get like the left side. It's what he does. Uh, maybe like with his handiness, uh, being right handed, it helps there. Uh, because yeah. when he's on his forehand, you know, he has that whole ice. And he and he's able to protect it because it's in back of him. While if you were on the right side, it's in front of you now, and it's easier for yeah. the defenseman to stick check like that. I understand, but with Kreider, it just doesn't make sense because his most of his production is you know on the power play, not five v five, right? So it, it it shouldn't matter there. I that that like yeah, like it was either that or just put Lafreniere on the right side. Like it was one of those two. Like like put Kreider or. Put, uh, put, put Lafreniere on the right side, let him deal with it, let him try to develop into that role. Because, again, these, these players, you know, have contracts for at least the next three years, so what else are you going to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, also, regarding uh, – I, I know this is like a couple of minutes back now, regarding uh, contracts and all that I know we're talking about. Um, Larry Brooks mentioned in an article 
uh, speaking about re-signing Weezy. Now, I, 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 I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Like, I strongly disagree with this. The whole point, like the VCs, the Goodrows, like we made a mistake on Goodrow, but the whole point of those type of players, those depth players that you try to snag up free agency time and hopefully they, you know, are better than they really are and they help you in the playoffs. Those are the type of players you get when they're cheap, when no one knows about them yet, right? You don't re-sign them. You're not, you, those aren't the guys who you extend them. You know what I'm saying? So, like I, Tampa yeah, I'll, did a great I'll, job I'll, on I'll that. I'll jump on this. Uh, one, I don't look. I know everyone wants to. Ju- everyone loves to fucking shit on the Goudreau contract. I get it. He's a little overpaid, and it's it's he's a little overpaid in the years and term are are long. But the way the guy is playing right now, he is playing on the third, fourth, first, second line. Doesn't fucking matter where he plays. He's still producing, and he's still a key uh, cog in this lineup. Um, so. If say at the end of this at the end of this season, you know, jury turns around and he's like, you know what, we got to resign these three young players, Loft, Heedle, uh, and Miller. We got to get rid of something. He's the guy they got to get rid of. I don't know. I don't think that contract is as immovable as we make it out to be. He has a modified no trade clause, I think, for half the half the teams in the league. That's fine. That, you know what I mean? That that's, that still allows you to trade him the 16 other fucking team or 15 but, other but team. Who, but I'm saying that who's that going to be? Like, let's say if half his teams are like non-playoff teams, like those playoff teams, again, like the whole thing with the Goudreaux and the VCs of the world is you try to find them before they become expensive, right? Because you need... No, I, I, I understand I understand the idea of like, you know, you 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 buy a stock low. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. I, I understand that entire concept and I, I, I get it and I agree with it. Um, but I also don't necessarily think that like that contract is let's say like Wade Redden back in the day. It's not a, uh, you know, uh, any giant fan out there. Hey, New York giants fucking clinched their playoff spot. This, this, I, I was waiting for the playoff spot today for the first time since 2016. Let's go fucking G men. I was um, waiting for that. The whole podcast, by the way, yeah. when is Luca um, going to mention the giants? It was actually awesome. Side note, uh, today I was bartending and like out of, I don't know where I bartend. Like there's like giant fans don't like come in, but out of nowhere, like 13 giant fans came in. Like it's a 14 person bar. So it was awesome. I was just bartending with all these fucking old giant fans. And it was a great fucking time this afternoon. Um, but Kenny Galladay's contract is fucking immovable. Like that dude got paid the bag and is a complete albatross. Like he's not even like, like I'll I'll pull up his contracts in a second when someone else starts talking and I'll tell you the stats that he has. He I don't think he has more than ten catches on the season and he's getting paid. I don't know. He has to be getting paid at least fifteen million. Like Goudreau is producing in a, in a certain way, and there are teams that look for that, and I believe that they will be able to move him. People said that we they wouldn't be able to move the Reeves contract. They move fucking Reeves. And I know that wasn't as big of a contract. It was only I mean, it's a one-year contract. It's a one-year contract. I, I understand. There's, there's another team that's dumb enough to think Barkley Goodrow is worth. Oh yeah, it's just, that, that's my point. I, I, that's I, my I, point. I guarantee one of the, one of the other what seventeen teams uh, that that he is that can be traded to. One of them will be like, oh yeah, he's got championship caliber. I mean, <laughs> uh, that is the type of shit that that teams pay money for. They're like, oh well, he's Hockey one. Hockey GM's he's won a couple, fucking stroke it to won former a couple like rings. Stanley Cup. Players. Yeah, he All knows how. He, he knows how to win. He's that guy. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you. you he's got that him. dog in him. 
he, he exactly. And, and so I would be more than happy to lose him for that contract. But honestly, because I mean, Filipino could not be a ca- casualty. There's just no, no, no circumstance. Way. You got it. That's why you got to get like people are saying like, I, like, here's the thing that I don't understand. Like when, when we say Gujra has to go, right. It's like, well, what do you want? He's performing to, you know, how he should be. I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. It's just business. You know, you got to move a guy out because, you know, you got to, take that money to sign Hedo. It's not that like, it's a knock on Goudreau, right? And it, it's like with Blay, it's like people are saying, oh, he had an ACL injury. You can't blame the guy for coming up, you know, for not coming up, you know, in the past, like real, really the whole season. But it's like, that's not, you know, great. Hopefully he figures it out with someone else. Can't be with us because we need that cap room, right? Like that, that's why it's also mind boggling why they haven't traded him yet. I mean, I, I get, I, I mean, at this point, are they even trying to salvage the Butch Never trade? Or is that just like, I'm trying to understand I, their I, angle on that. I, I I don't even think it. They don't even. I don't think they even give a shit about like the right. Like, so what's their angle? I don't. I don't think they give a shit about the Bushnevich side of it. I think they have a player who they. He's got grit. They, I I no. I think that that you know it's it's a matter of like. Hold on one second. I have this other thing in my head right now. Kenny Galladay. Uh-huh. I know we're talking about football now. Kenny Galladay has four fucking catches. He's a receiver. He has four receptions on the entire fucking season. He's making $13 million. That isn't that is a contract that's a fucking albatross. Okay. Like the, you can't get rid of that person, is my point. Um, it's a completely different scenario with this. Um, like I get what you're saying about Blay. Uh, but also Blay is what? He's on a one-year RFA deal right now. He's at RFA. I think he's a UFA, UFA. UFA? Yeah. And we get a $1.5 million for this year. The reason why I, I say it is because if you traded him when Reese was traded or you trade him even now, you get so much more money, cap space at the trade deadline. Like, you, like imagine if you get a guy like Tarasenko, right? And you don't have to know, you don't have to, you know, add assets to St. Louis to retain his contract, right? To retain 50% anymore because you have enough cap room for other things, right? Like, it's all. I, I understand it. I understand it. But at the same time, you. If you trade away Blay, then you're really like if you if you trade away a few different players, you know what I mean. Then you're really giving yourself no depth. And I know that people don't like Blay, and I know he hasn't played great, but he is kind of in that press box, pop down play. You know what I mean? Like you do need to have the ability to. Players are going to get hurt now. You know, knock on wood. The Rangers haven't had. I, I don't even want to fucking say, it, but they, you know what I mean. They haven't had a, a ton of issues so far. But you know what I mean? Like, I think you do keep players like that uh, in case of, in case of, you know, you know, it's like that, like in case of emergency break glass type thing. I think that there's a reason why you don't trade away everyone. Like they trade. They're not even using him as that. Right. They're not even using him as the uh, break glass type player. Right. I mean, like, but they haven't had to break the glass is my point. No, but what I'm saying is, is they've been overusing him anyway. Like they're not even. Well, you know. yeah, because my, my point is that you can't just, like, also, like, if, well, look, any job in the world, if you have someone say, like, all right, your your job is to do this, whatever the fuck it is. If you're a pitcher, if you're a goalie, if you're a fucking accountant, if you only have to do it once every 17 days, you're not going to be as sharp. And I understand that. So you do want to get those people into their jobs to get them to get some type of flow, some type of momentum. I mean, we saw it with fucking Georgiev. 
all, you know, the past two years, he was much less effective as a backup than he is as a starter. He's doing pretty good right now in, in Colorado, is he not? Or yeah, they're, they're, is he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know his overall stats, but I, I saw he was the fucking like number three star of the week or something. Yeah, like no, that. he's been doing good. Um, yeah. I, I thought for a second maybe he dropped for a minute there, but I could be way wrong on that. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Their team hasn't been, you know, right. Their team has been a mess with injuries. They, they they've had a few injuries that are huge. Yeah. Uh, well, McKinnon's back. Uh, Alex Georgiev has a nine fifteen save percentage, and a it's not bad point six six. No, no, it's not. Like I, I, I. I Everyone's saying like, "Oh, we should never trade Georgiev. He was never going to be that good for us." And plus, you know, the cap, the they, they couldn't have kept him. He wanted out. Like it was, it was done. Just get it right. Away. And he and he's not a good backup. Just goalies need consistent play. Like oh, most of them need consistent play. And you know, Georgiev, he he was never going to be what he is in Colorado with us. Never. So it's also, just Colorado has one of the best defenses in the league. Like, let's just call it what it was. Tampa couldn't get shit going in the finals last year against them. Right. Like Colorado stifled them for the majority of that fucking series. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go back to the lines now. I know we were all over the place now, but what are your ideal lines? I know we all, you know, are, are upset, or at least me, like, you know, about how Gallant's been managing the lines. What what would your ideal lineup be? Uh Brett, you want to start? Uh sure. Take tonight, swap Heedle and uh Trocheck and then put Gautier on that third line. And I'm pretty happy with that. I'd also be fine with swapping Kreider to the third line too. I've never been that impressed. I mean, I know, and, and I do, I love the bromance of Kurbanajad. I think it's great and whatnot. Uh, I don't think they necessarily actually complement each other all that well. Um, I don't hate them being on the top line, but Kreider could go uh, to the third line. And I, I'd love I want to see it just one time that Kreider Trocheck Gautier line because you have like your three fastest players all on one third line. I think that would just be so lights out. Um, that would be a really. That. I love that idea. I never even thought about like the three of them together. Um, that is a really interesting idea because that is just straight fucking speed, just fucking injected into my fucking veins. I'll straight, straight line speed. Yeah, I think yeah. Even if they're not. Even if they're not scoring, they're going to draw a ton of penalties because people they're, are they're going to fucking just they're going to cause so much havoc. Not to mention the fact that Trocheck's our best fucking faceoff guy. Yep. Um, I I really, man, I really like that idea. Shit, that was a fucking job. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, no, I really like that idea. Um, I love I I but you know with that being said, I did like the way that that first line worked tonight. Um, I like the way they looked. Uh, I do ideally. I really, I enjoyed watching Panarin, Zabanajad, and and Kako together for the, that little stint that they were together. Um, I like that idea. I love the idea of, um, was it Kreider, BC, and uh, Trocheck on that third line? Trocheck, BC, yeah. They yeah, I do. I do like that idea, but I, you just blew my mind with the Gautier up there. And I, I've been a fan of. I, I, I've, I've been pumping the Gautier train for a while now. Uh, I even threw out the crazy idea back during the expansion draft of protecting Gautier to my brother and my dad, and they looked at me like I was fucking on blow. Yeah, uh, and like I was like, guys, like I think Gautier might have something, and they looked at me like I was fucking insane. 
No, uh-huh. he has something. He has something. He has, he has size. He has speed. He has decent hands and a pretty decent shot too. He's just like yeah. never really been given a very long leash or ever been given line mates to be able to prove it, even though he's done well at every other level he's played at. The he doesn't have I, the one thing. The one knock I would say against him. Um, his hockey IQ is not necessarily no, uh, it's, it's the not strongest. the strongest. No. He, he he's he's definitely made a bunch of like little little. Uh, Defensive mistakes, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I I do like that idea, that line a lot. Um, and then I think maybe a fourth line of like VC Goudreau, and you know, insert anyone really else. Whatever. Into, yeah. You know, exactly. I think Bla- I think Blade can be an effective fourth line player. I know people are gonna fucking roast me because I I actually still believe in Blade turning a corner at some point. Okay. Um. He could be good on a fourth line. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like you know saying like let's put him on a first line. Um, you know, I think he 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 can develop a little bit more. Um, but I do like that idea of the that first line, Kreider or not Kreider, um, Sabanajed, Kako, and Panarin, and then second line would probably be Heedle, Kratzel, Crab. Yeah. Um, Boy, that feels nice too. Yeah. And you know, I th- I think that you really give yourself a a possible like kind of like an almost like unidentifiable top three lines. Obviously, your number one scoring line is gonna be that you know Panarin, Zabanajad, and Kako line. That would be like the face of it, really. But like, who's your second line? Is it the Heda line? Is it the Trocheck line? I wouldn't. I don't know. They're they're two A two B. I don't really know. Yeah, and then what and what's the problem with that, man? Having having three lines that are a real threat that is that's something yeah. a lot of teams don't have, and and that and that's what I think is so frustrating for me about the the lines that have been trotted out for so long is is that there isn't more than enough talent on this team to make this really pop, and I think. Uh, if you actually gave them a gave them some runway, like say we're gonna try this, and then actually do it for maybe like i don't know even two weeks let them let them get maybe five don't six like seven games to together and do that like it wouldn't that be amazing and yeah uh, the one thing too is especially after tonight but it just makes so much sense to me because savannah jad five and five it's never been the same since bushnevitz le- uh, left and that's why i never want to see savannah jad out there five on five without kako kako is exactly what savannah jad needs to have on that line uh in order to make him pop he just let Kako dance around, keep fend off people, keep possession, circle around, and wait to find Mika open for a shot. That's gonna that's gonna be electric, and that's gonna work. And I just know that deep in my bones. And tonight is just a a very great evidence of that. I think. Well, speaking of uh, Kako, like he used to like, as you mentioned, like he was great on the boards. He was great at puck possession, right? But he like he used to hold hold it too long, like way too long. Like we start with the Barcelona, he used to hold it way way too long to the point where like all right, there were, the chances or the plays that you might have had to be able to pass it are gone. But like now, right, he he's passing it right like at the right times instead of waiting too long. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I agree with with the Banja and Crider. Like he's not passing that like a, even a couple of months ago. He's not doing that now. He's not taking an hour. You know, waiting to pass. He's so like you know, going basically going in circles, waiting for the right pass, and then he passes it right away. He doesn't look off the bus like, oh, maybe I could get another a better one, right? Like that. And he's now starting to pass those. So uh, yeah, the interesting part of what you're talking about is 
he was drafted a year before Loth. We're, we're starting to finally see the maturation of Kako, right? He has like, – uh, what did I say? Yeah, That's what, four goals and five assists in the last 11 games? Yeah. Nine, nine points in his last 11 games is the best stretch of hockey he's played as a pro. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's just not far. like it's like no, no, no. no but hold on, hold on. Right, yeah. We're we're starting to finally see the the fruits of 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 Kako kind of coming to fruition a little bit, you know. Um, he's a year ahead of Loth theoretically. You know what I mean? So maybe at this point next year is when we can expect to see that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm just throwing out an idea. You know what I mean? Like. If if we're talking about them as fucking human beings and not chess pieces on a board, you know what I mean? Like, Loff is is what twenty one, just turned twenty one in October, I believe, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I'm sorry, you five know, goals and four assists, not four goals and five assists. Nine points, regardless. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. Um, you know, I, I I do think that, uh, as much as I you know roasted his skating earlier, I think that Kako fixed his skating a little bit. And you know what I mean? I think you we got can, a little better. We can he was with the trainer in the offseason, no, not this offseason, last offseason, I think. Like with one I think of the it was the past two off seasons. Yeah. I, that's what Laffy needs, right? That's yeah, the one sure. thing. If Laffy could just do that, and if he could just have a little more speed, you know, to separate himself from the defense, he'd be a totally different player. Also, I think the one thing that I'm I'm gonna rely on is the fact that like I like I'm I'll speak for myself. I'm a complete fucking jabroni, and I could say that. I feel like Lafreniere has much smarter people in his fucking corner. I would hope that they and the Rangers know that and either a have already spoken to him about that. And like, maybe they got him something in this past off season. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know what I mean? Like if, if we could see it, they could see it is my real point. Well, we um, could also see that just because they're a big defenseman doesn't mean that they're good and they're not seeing that. So. Well, I think that's a bit of a ridiculous point because they, the Rangers have gone with non-big defensemen, and that hasn't worked out either. Like, we we, we we could talk about the small defensemen who haven't worked out either over for the Rangers. Well, you know what I mean? But, like, true, but they just suck at picking them. Not really, because they've picked pretty good defensemen. I mean, Zach Jones they, was a bit underwhelming, although give it – they, I don't, they I don't, I don't, I don't think Zach Jones sucks. I don't think Niels Lundqvist sucks. No, I no, just no. I think that, you know, I, 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 I think certain – Look, there, there's so many things that go into success and, like, being in the right place at the fucking right time. Like, if Tom Brady wasn't drafted by the fucking Patriots, is Tom Brady the best quarterback of all time? Probably not. Probably not. You know? And maybe there's a fucking Patriot fan out there that wants to fucking go nuts because Tom Brady fans are fucking a cult unto themselves, okay? They're all psychopaths. If that, guy you say get, that guy can get fucked. <laughs> If if you say Tom Brady's not the greatest quarterback of all time, if you say Tom he's Brady, not, he's not, he's not. You're this is, I'm sorry. This is, I'm, this I want to have a quick aside, real quick about this because this is this is the bias that it's the biggest bias in all sports is that if you're a winner, you're automatically the best. And it's I like, agree. You know, he's not. You can't tell me that if you were drafting a, a, a your your all time all star team that's actually going to play games that you're you're the quarterback you're rolling out there with is Tom Brady. Yeah, fucking right. And if you think that, you don't know anything about football. I just love how pissed off you got. That was <laughs> wow, fucking awesome. That was, I um, hate. Yeah. Sorry. My my main thing with with Brady and and like you know this is I know it's a different scenario but it it, it does talk about like timing in 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 life and it talks about timing in sports and it talks about timing and like being in the right place at the right time. 
It's like, yeah. Like, is Brady a good quarterback? Is he great? Fuck yeah. I I, I love I I love his story. You know what I mean? Like it's perfect. It's so cool. I love the fact that he was a uh, you know, a small uh or like a small town quarterback, went to Michigan, fucking worked his way up the roster. I love all of that. And then he ended up going to the Patriots. I love the fact that he had to work for every single level that he got to. And that is part of the reason why he is as good as he is. Now, like the one thing that I always bring up to every fucking Patriot fan that roasts me when I say like he wouldn't last this long if Tom Brady was 20 years younger or older. Sorry. If Tom Brady played in the 70s or 80s, he would have played maybe 10 to 15 years and that would have been it. And then he wouldn't have won the extra three Super Bowls at the tail end of his career. Like, it's just a matter of timing. They didn't allow, they don't allow players in the NFL to play defense fucking anymore. You know what I mean? That If, if, if Dan Marino played in the NFL right now, holy fucking shit. Dan Marino would be throwing for 6,000 yards every fucking year, okay? Uh, Joe Montana would be fucking going nuts. Terry Bradshaw, Johnny Unitas, all these guys. It's, it's just timing. That's all it is. It's being in the right era, being in the right time, being in the right situation. I kind of had the same argument. Uh, I know this is kind of an unpopular opinion regarding Wayne Gretzky. Because it's like yeah. the goalies in his era, have you seen the equipment they had? They had newspapers on their pants. The, the thing was literally nicknamed the Waffle Board. Like, it was just like this, I don't know, like, it, it, there was equipment back then, like, I saw a thing, uh, it, someone posted on Twitter, like, when Gretzky was talking, you know, about, like, how, you know, his office in the back, and he, there was showing replays of him, like, you know, practicing with Grand Fuhrer, and it was just like, dude, a goalie back then, they're in the butterfly, and Wayne Gretzky is not scoring that. Like, I'm not saying Gretzky isn't great anything, that's not what I'm saying, I'm just like, you know, everyone's saying who's the greatest scorer, goal scorer of all time, it's, it's Ovechkin by a mile. Yeah. Right. It, it, if, it's not, if you're uh, going to talk about goal scores, no. If you're going to talk about goal scores, it's not even Gretzky and Ovi. It's it's Ovi and Bossy. Right, but it's like the goalies back then with Wayne Gretzky. It's just like, and plus but, now the league is more skilled. It's faster. Yeah. What, what was there, there's, I mean, I, those are all fair points, but people always go to the goalies, and yes, the style uh, that they played and the equipment that they use definitely makes it. There's, there's a lot of Gretzky goals that wouldn't have happened. Um, I, I completely agree with that. The thing also with that though is that you have to also take a couple other things into consideration and one if Ovi plays in in the 80s with that wood stick his shot doesn't exist he's not scoring like he's scoring either he can't score from up there there's no way you can't get that you cannot get that shot if you if you ever because i grew up playing with wood sticks and then i remember the middle eastern ones too those had no flex it was just lighter my shot when i would when i started playing again in my 30s and i was fatter and slower and weaker and not as in good shape my slap shot went from being like a decent slap shot with a wood stick. It, to being it like, increased I like can, 50 I'm, miles per hour. I'm, right? I'm, I mean, I'm a big, I'm like 6'3", 250. I, with the stick, I, I bend that stick. I can absolutely just annihilate that puck. So it's a little bit different with that. And to me, I think the best way I heard to try and do cross-generational comparisons is the only way you can do it with any sense of fairness at all is to compare the, the difference of levels of people within their generation. So... If Gretzky was, if, if Gretzky's, you know, he's he's scoring his his uh, his ninety three goals and whatnot, but everyone else is also scoring like eighty five and eighty eight, then it's not that impressive. But that's not what it was. He was still leaps and bounds above True. everyone else from his generation. And I think that's the only way you can kind of get you know what fairness I, with it. I really, that's the first time I've ever actually heard it broken down like that, and I really do like the way he did that. 
Um, I, I think the GOAT conversation is so fucking dumb in every sport because, uh, like, my generation loves to just say, oh, yeah, this person's the GOAT. Yeah, GOAT, GOAT, GOAT. Hashtag GOAT. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, it's the dumbest fucking thing. Everyone's the GOAT. It's like, if it's greatest of all time, you can't have 17 fucking goats in your fucking DMs and, you know, or you're in your in your Twitter feed, okay? Yep. Like, it's a fucking joke. Um, I think it's the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Like, the one thing, like, uh, we had a discussion about this on our Discord, like, a couple of weeks ago. Like, um, if Ovechkin, like, everyone's like, oh, Ovechkin retires. Like, we were just talking about retiring numbers with NHL life. It, for me personally, it's Gretzky, and that's it. That's just How? it. Like, you have the greatest of all time, that's it. Gordy Howe, maybe. There, but I'm saying like that that thing is just like it shouldn't be like NHL has to make it where it can't be for like forever. Like it can't be more than like three people. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, it, it would it would be like, you know, I if, if if you're gonna throw out three people, I would say Bobby Orr, Howe, uh, and Gretzky. Right. I'd be I'd be fine if Lemie was was in there. Yeah, that, that, though, also no one's gonna wear fucking sixty six. Yeah, no one. Yeah, so no did. one. You, no you one fucking did. wears you, it anyway. You, it doesn't fucking you, matter. You go out wearing sixty six. I would rather talk did. about about flair numbers. You know, there's numbers that have a lot more flair to them. You know, uh, sixty six is one that's got a lot of flair a on it. If, if, if you're playing, if you're playing flair? in a men's league, and I see sixty six on your back, and I'm playing defense against you, I'm targeting you to make you aware just how not Lemieux like you are. <laughs> Wait, did someone wear sixty six for like two days, and it was contra- in the NHL? Wasn't in there an Islander? Was there? I don't think it's like a thing. I just think no hold one on, likes hold on. I, I know for sure an Islander wore this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure he wore it for a couple of games and it's just like, no. I think it was that player like everyone, like the Islander was saying he's got to be good, but then like they never let him play at all. Sounds um, TJ, TJ, down TJ there, Brody but... did it apparently. Number 66 Islanders. Josh Hosang. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I remember this now. Okay, Josh was saying we're number sixty six, uh, and he was claiming like it was the ultimate respect and all that. Um, this was in two thousand. What four was it? Was it this year? No, I mean it doesn't say the date of the the year. Yeah, no, but he he wore he wore it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's not like you shouldn't do it. <laughs> it's just like you know. When you wore it, do not wear it. That's his number. That's it. You know? Like, it's it's an unspoken retired number. No, I, I get it. But also, at the same time, like, I also think that people just don't wear it because it's equally as, like, yeah, as much as you want to say it's respect, I think it's also just, like, an ugly fucking number on a hockey jersey. 66? Like, yeah. Really? I, 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 I just think uh, it looks fucking ugly. It's a fucking offensive lineman number. Like, <laughs> I mean, mine for goalie is 44. I mean, it's very, you know. Yeah, I don't like that number either. Yeah, I, I was, I was eleven. My brother was always, uh, was always a uh, uh, seventy-seven, which I think is is a lot of flair on that number too. I like, I like, I like. It's funny because, like, I do like double, uh, like you know, I like thirty-three. I like twenty-two, eleven, seventy-seven. I like a lot. Ninety-nine, eighty-eight. Uh, but it's funny. Solid. It's like it's like sixty six and four, forty four. I don't mind on like a defenseman. Well, uh, I'm goalie. No, I know, I know, I know. Okay, okay. I, I like I love thirties on goalies. I don't know what it is. I just because I grew up yeah. watching fucking Richter thirty five. I just love thirties, 
any kind of 30 on a goalie. 39 even, like Hoshik was fucking weird. Yeah. He was the only guy I ever saw wear 39. Um, I just love 30s on a goalie. I don't know why. It just fucking it just one, makes sense right? to me. What? Or it's or it's like one. Goalies have like one. Yeah, it was it's one something in the 30s. Uh there's a few uh players in the there's a few number 20s, like in like number 20, I think at Belfort is 20. Um something like that. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's definitely like some other ones that work, but uh yeah, like a high number for a goalie is weird. Like Bobrovsky's what? He's got a weird fucking number. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Hold on one sec. I don't know. He's fucking. He, yeah, he's 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 insane. I should have noticed this. Seventy-two. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a weird one. Yeah, that's, that's very random. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, what else we got going on in this? I mean, I think that's. Oh, I I didn't even mention my lines yet. Um. Oh yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm done. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'd have different lines. Uh, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, I was never a fan of Kako or Kreider on the same line because I was like, you could definitely add a different type of skill onto that line, right? Uh, but it's working, right? It, it it was analytically one of the best lines in the NHL at generating offensive chances. Now they weren't doing great. You could call that puck luck. You could call whatever you want, but yeah, no, they they were apparently one of the best teams in the NHL about generating chances. So if they're now all of a sudden starting to put it in the back of the net, I don't want to touch that. Kako's doing great. Uh, Zabanajan and Kreider, although I I I I think Zabanajan and Kreider are a bit overrated together. Um, yeah, they're great off the rush together, but like in the zone offensively, I just think they're very overrated regarding that. Uh, and Kako helps out a lot because he's a possession guy, so he helps out a lot. So that's why maybe it's working. Um, if you would have that top line as it is, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think here. The the second line would have Panarin. Um, again, like I, you could like you have trouble like saying is it Hito or is it Trocha, right? What I would think then is that maybe you have Hito on the third line, and then you have uh, Gauthier and Kraftsoft with him, right? And then the the second line you have Panarin. Uh, Trocek and Lafreniere, right? Because the Panarin Trocek Lafreniere line, I believe, was also doing pretty good before Gawan put them in a blender after October, if I'm not mistaken. Honestly, I can't even recall was, what lines. I was have literally done just going to say, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know because it, blender so many fucking times. I don't but, remember what line. But you know what the frustrating thing is? I don't even think he does, honestly. I, I agree. You know what the frustrating thing is here? We three of us have just come up with three pretty solid lineups. Like there's a lot of very very um goddamn variations of this, you know, roster that you could have great lineups. And Golan just screws it up every single time. It's just like we just come up with three great lineups. Oh, go on. Not even a single one. Like that's why it's just so frustrating what he does. Like, what the hell is Goudreau doing on the top line when you have a young player who you don't know how good he is yet? You give him a shot. Oh, one game doesn't do good. Oh, well, back of the back, you know. Well, we used to be the Quinn bin, but like I don't yeah. know what we're calling it now. And that's why I don't give him the benefit of the doubt uh, with the whole scratching Lafreniere. Like, yeah, one game scratch isn't that big of a deal, and if it works, it works. But that's that's why I don't trust him 
at all with that because I mean if he'd been making sensible decisions this whole time or even defensible decisions this whole time then I'd be like yeah you know what the coach knows he knows more than we do because he's on the inside and whatnot but it, it, it it's indefensible and it's inexcusable and I, and I don't know how much further anyone can can give him any more rope to and say yeah he knows what he's doing I don't understand that appeal to authority that some people have or just like well, he obviously knows more than me. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be so sure about. Well, you that. got you got to think for yourself, right? You don't allow the yeah. others, right? You got to think for yourself. Does this make sense? No, 100 percent not. Though, would you have a different perspective of it if, like, I'm not saying every time you make a mistake, you're benched. I'm saying, like, let's say you know uh, you see Gujo have these terrible offensive mistakes, right? He should be then bumped down to the fourth line. Like, if Gowan did those type of things, it's kind of more understandable. And also, what yeah. is that telling Lafreniere that if you make one mistake, you're screwing up? Like, it's better to have a play, a young player that's more risky yeah. than they should than just too safe a player. Because if they're too safe a player, they're never going to grow. They're never going to try to figure out stuff, right? But Which if I think risky, is what's happening to them, too. Yeah. Right. But if they're more risky, then they'll understand, okay, this is what I can't do. This is what I can do. But if they're playing yep. safe, they won't know from the beginning, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's just common sense. That's like it, we're understanding this, right? We're not NHL coaches, and, and yet how so somehow Gawanch just totally ob- oblivious to this, right? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll I'll you know, I do um a few things. I, there's so many things. I do like the idea of like the coach should have the ability player you know what i mean like and and try and do whatever he's doing you know i understand that idea yeah. and, that theory, and i do get that because quite frankly more often than not it really it, it does kind of work you know what i mean I, I do understand the theory behind it i like the idea behind it um there is the one thing that i'll go back to and like and i said it i think last week um or maybe it was a few weeks ago bill parcells used to tell phil sims before games if you don't throw at least two or at least one or one or two interceptions, I don't know what he said. It was one or two interceptions. You're not, you're not risking it enough. You know what I mean? Like you, you didn't play a, a good enough, you, 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 whatever it was like, you didn't, you didn't push the ball down the field enough. Um, and I think saying that is something that like we, they need to kind of, uh, impress upon Lafreniere and, and, and some of the other younger players. I mean, like Heedle's really started to blossom this year and Kaka was really started to blossom this year, which is also kind of why I'm really maintaining patience with Lafreniere. Um, you know, I, I do think that we, they, they, that is something that they need to do is really just kind of impress upon him the ability to fucking shoot, shoot and miss, miss the fucking net. You know what I mean? Like, do something. You know what I mean? Um, take risks uh, and don't be afraid to fail. And I think that's something that is. Um, Harper gave Lafay the um, Broadway hat, by the way. Just what was that? Uh, Harper Ben Harper gave uh, Lafreniere the Broadway hat tonight. By the way, good. Why did he? I, have I, to I know it's a random it? thing, but uh, I think Harper did he score a goal or he had an assist? Yeah, an assist. He had an assist. Like I, I, I said last week's podcast. Like I think like versus these type of teams, he's going to do great. But once you face i guess we'll see literally this tuesday once you play the carolina hurricanes those or colorado those speedy teams i think he's going to get exposed and i think that's where you're going to see it and come playoff time th- th- those are where it's going to be a problem but playing these like slower teams it's not going to be such a problem again he, he's definitely exceeded expectations of what he's supposed to be i just think you know versus those teams he's going to i i agree i'll say this again though i think he's definitely been the best option so far that they've trotted out there throughout oh, the but does like 
if someone's the best option doesn't mean that you should still go with them. You should probably, you know, see. I, I agree. I'm just saying, though, like, it's not like, you know. Well, Tim Hayek right now. So, I mean, the only other option is maybe bringing up Robertson and seeing what he what he's like. I actually yeah. wouldn't be upset about that. And I would really love to see what he can bring to the table. He's a big I, guy and he's supposed to be a good skater. So I, I I haven't really seen him play, but that's like the the bill on him. And so that's I'd like I to, thought I'd like to see it. That's why I thought Robertson would be picked over Jones in the preseason because he's bigger. So I'm like, oh, the Rangers would definitely pick him. Uh, it's right. funny. It's funny. Big, we, it's supposed to be it's funny. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, we, we talk about this like you talk about like the Ranger Rangers giving uh, like bigger defensemen. Like I don't think it's just the Rangers. I think it's the whole show. True, but who do the Rangers give the first crack at? And on def- right defense uh, in the third pair last year, they gave to Niels Lundqvist first, and then right. they eventually went to Braden Schneider. So it's not like they they went to the big true, guy. True, true, but like it's kind of unfair to evaluate the two because he had Nemeth, and then when Schneider came in, he only had to play maybe a half a month or a month with Nemeth, and then he was switched to Braun, and then they were a great you know pairing. But is it, but but when Schneider was brought in, he he didn't actually like, the minute he stepped in, he looked like he belonged. Right, because his main thing is to be a defensive defenseman, right? So that's what that's what's going to fit more. But however, with Niels Bunkwist, if you gave him a reliable defensive power, Neil, I'm pretty sure Patrick Nemes was like even analytically like the worst defenseman last year. I don't even think it was close. I, I couldn't. Well, I mean, be they wrong. fucking they gave away a second round pick just to get rid of him. Yeah, like he was horrendous, right? Like Schneider only had to deal with that for a month, right? And Niels Bunkwist, if his main thing, although I, from what I've been told, he's kind of a two weeks, not an offensive defenseman. But like, if if a guy's a two way, right, or even a little more leaning towards offense, right, you need that reliable that defensive forward and that's why with schneider it fit better right so he was it, it was kind of an unfair thing to evaluate if that makes sense because like when braun came in right schneider i i don't even think we complained about that pair until tampa series i don't i don't think we complained about them at all until the tampa series um no and i i think that you know look I, this is one thing i'll say i don't think that I understand that like a third D pair could like lose you a series, but more often than not, it's not going to be your third D pair that loses you a series. I, I do. I, I truly believe like, like, look, let's, let, let's look at the 2004 Stanley cup final. Like that fucking like Girardi blew game one in overtime. He fucking fanned on a pass and I believe it was Girardi, right? Fanned on a pass in his own zone. They pick it off and then they ended up scoring a game winning goal in overtime. Wait, what you know what I mean? Like, and he was your top pair defenseman. Like, oh no, I, I'm not saying the third pair. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, we 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 harp on the you know the, the depth, sixth yeah. defenseman so much, and I understand it. Like, you want everything to be like solidified and crystal clear going into the playoffs, but nothing's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is. Because you can't really like you're you're set in stone with your core players, but like the sixth defenseman or that is always a revolving door. Right, right. So that's why, you know, you would talk about it more because those are stuff like, you know, you could adjust to like you could get new players, but they're the main players, like you're setting stone with that. That's not changing anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Um we've yeah. gone long enough. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm di- right. I'm dying inside. <laughs> I think we'll get it done off here. Brett, actually you wanna you wanna mention your uh band on Spotify? Oh sure, yeah. Uh, my band's name is Quaker Gun Club. Yeah. Uh, we have a single out called Soylent Green, and our uh, full-length album is coming out at the uh, I think February twenty-fourth on Admirable Traits Records here in Buffalo, New York, and we'll be playing at Nietzsche's uh, on 
224 for our record release party. So thanks for the plug. I appreciate it. That's yeah, fucking awesome, dude. Congratulations, man. That's I didn't know that. That's sick. Thank you. Thank you. That's really cool. Yeah. I uh, you ended up um oh, hold on here. I'm playing here. Oh, by the way, that quote unquote source, you know, I was talking about LaFran. I, I know look at you not on Twitter a lot, but that quote unquote source. I saw that. <laughs> he actually posted something now stating that he heard from a source. Oh god, come on. But why why is my phone being the Seattle Kraken will throw back the Metropolitans um, for the Winter Classic, and the Winter Classic is going to be them in Vegas in 2024. So it, I actually, I actually think that might actually be a good it, idea. It sounds, it, it, oh, it's definitely a good idea. Nobody was quoting like a source told me this. Like until I listen, until you hit on something, I'm not going to believe you. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not like you, you're just spewing things as of this point. Like, like his thing, the thing with Laugh was a top player and. A first round pick, like anyone would understand the concept of what you want for Lafreniere. Like that's not like yeah. you know, it's not inside information. That's just common sense, you know. Yep. So, all right, we're gonna end it off here. Long episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you guys next time. All right, later, guys.